Welcome in to the new PFF NFL Daily. Here's a recent snippet from the PFF NFL podcast. Are we going to give some Christmas gifts out to some various teams here? Yeah, to NFL teams. So I actually gave them a list because, you know, because I value the award-winning nature of this show, potential award-winning nature of this show. So I I gave them some actual suggestions so they could turn into graphics. You just, like, bought into the concept and and then ignored that. I missed that. Yeah. Uh, So, okay, things that NFL teams need for Christmas. The Kansas City Chiefs. What the Chiefs really need is for the NFL to re-legalize Stick'em. Ah. So that you don't need to worry about once you hit Kadarius Tony in the hands with the football, you don't need to worry about whether or not he snags it or not. It's going to stick to his hand, right? So Patrick Mahomes can now use his wide receivers not as equal partners in this relationship, but as literal targets. I am going to hit you with the football, and it will stick to you, and it will be a first down, and we win the game, and a Super Bowl, we repeat as champions, everybody celebrates. My, my feeling is Patrick Mahomes would use the stickum in a different way and maybe put it onto Kadarius Tony's buttocks. I mean, so that he's coat the man. The bench. Coat the man in So he stick never him. even makes it to the field, though. No, no, no. I would, I would liberally coat Kadarius Tony in stickum. Like, uh, who was it? Lester Hayes, the Raiders guy that used to just everything, yeah. coat himself, right? <laughs> so it. literally, if the ball hit him, it would stick. And then, so, so Patrick Mahomes just treats Kadarius Tony as a moving target and just fires the ball at him, like Peyton Manning with those kids in that ad, right? And then once it hits him, it sticks. And then it's on Kadarius Tony to just like pluck the ball off his thigh where it's stuck. That's a good gift. I thought That's a so. good gift. I have, to, um, I have to acknowledge, we should acknowledge that um, a lot of different, there are a lot of different sources for drop rate. Yeah. And so while other sources might have the Chiefs number one, we have them third total, and Mahomes doesn't have the highest drop percentage, not even close really because he's thrown so many passes. Yeah. Um, I think what's happened this year, though, is they are high-value drops. Yes. They are, he has two drops that have led to interceptions with Tony. One's a pick six. Um, over the last few weeks, multiple drops in the end zone. I don't think as a percentage the drops are higher than other teams. You want a great stat? Yes. So in addition to drops, we also track a bunch of other – reasons for incompletions that are on the wide receiver right so there are some plays that i think a lot of people just fold into the bucket of drop because it's the wide receiver's fault but it's not actually a drop right he didn't drop the football he just didn't complete a catch on the football so those plays where it goes to ground for example i think some places call those drops even though he didn't drop the football it just came out once the ground became involved etc like you didn't right. complete the right. catch if, anyway if it hit your hands you got to catch it yeah that's, yeah, yeah. that's your rule and right? so so there's some plays in that bucket. Anyway, when you look at the list of incompletions that were receiver fault in our categories, right, which is four or five different um, reasons for that, Patrick Mahomes has lost the most EPA in the NFL for incompletions that were receiver fault driven, right? So essentially, no quarterback in the league has been hosed as much by his receiver core as a collective than Patrick Mahomes, which is what you're saying. It's high leverage plays. Yeah. It's, you know, the worst possible uh, outcomes. And it is uh, those sort of hidden plays that are not technically drops, but are receiver fault. That's why I'm sure Pat and Chiefs fans come and running back to PFF this year. We need you guys now. We need you now that my PFF grades better than my production mm. for the first time. And uh, At no least more we need your vote. We that? need your vote. We're like politicians, you know? We might, we might abandon you later on, but right now we need your vote. Who are, who are we telling we need? Everybody. everybody. All, well, Chiefs fans in particular now, but like generally everybody. Oh, okay. We I need thought, your vote. We yeah. need you, you know, like the, the 
the I love how you just drop that at any various point. Well, you have to. That's the way it works, right? You got to keep reminded, like the radio thing, right? Every 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes is a new audience. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Especially live here on YouTube. Yeah. So, yeah, because we're a finalist for the best American football podcast of the year, the Sports Podcast Awards, we do need your vote. Link in the description. Mm -hmm. See, I knew Harkin back to Stickham would get Walt back on board. Walt's busy telling stories of the 1980s Raiders now. I mean, that was when... Walt's first draft board was like 78, you know. <laughs> You've got, uh, Walt, tell us about the 14-game schedule. What was that like? Mm. Must not, you know, must have been pretty easy as a fan. Getting he must have been mad just game. like you when they went to 16 games, oh, ruin all the stats. Yeah, ruin the stats from the 60s and 70s, yeah. you know. All right, do you have one of these or do we no, want to go to the next one? Your li- it's, it's our list. Well, you see, you if, we, if we put one of yours in now, then we could like – disguise the fact that we don't have graphics for yours and you could do like every other one would have a graphic instead of having all no, the ones I did up not. front. I, sorry, I came graphic. unprepared. I was So you have no preparation. You have no input in this discussion whatsoever. My preparation for this show is putting on an elf costume. Right. That was my preparation. Gotcha. So for this particular topic, you're contributing just reaction to my... That's correct. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So... What else uh, you get or well, Santa anyway. I'm merely an elf. Yeah. I think this is correct. This is the right way to do it. So you're giving out the gifts as bad Santa. Go. <laughs> as Billy Bob. Uh, for Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens, their gift has got to be a healthy Lamar Jackson. The last couple of years, everything's come unstuck late in the year when Lamar Jackson got hurt, despite Gordon, the Pro Bowl selection of Tyler Huntley as his backup. Uh, they need, look, they're, they're, they are the number one seed in the AFC right now. They are a contender, and particularly this year, the Chiefs aren't what we thought they would be. The Bills aren't really what they thought what we thought they would be, at least outside of that Dallas game. There might not be, you know, a true heavyweight. And this is a year Baltimore can win the Super Bowl if Lamar Jackson stays healthy. I had to look it up for the humor in it. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson's a two-time Pro Bowler. Only one more than Tyler. He, Huntley. Lamar Jackson, he has one more Pro Bowl than Tyler Huntley. Yeah, and Lamar <laughs> Jackson's been in the league six years. Started the better part of five years. Tyler Huntley's only been a starter, really, for six know, games. Yeah. yeah. Just saying. Maybe maybe Huntley's the better option. Maybe you're missing the boat here. I don't think that's if true. If you're just looking at Pro Bowls. Yeah. If yeah, you if you're looking just looking at Pro, at Pro Bowls. No, that's good. Yeah, a healthy Lamar Jackson's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, they've won. The Ravens have won 75% of their games with Lamar Jackson as starter in the regular season. Of course, in the playoffs, they're one and three. It's early, you know, but we need more. We need more playoff reps. They haven't – Lamar has not started a playoff game since 2020. It's been a few years now because of those injuries. And, you know, it's time. Time to get back there for Lamar, see a healthy Lamar Jackson and what they can do. And it'll be fun around playoff time because there'll be some Lamar Jackson playoff narratives that, that creep back in. The, the stats are not great. The results, as I mentioned, one and three, they're not great. In 2019, they were the number one seed, got upset. At least he got the, the one, though. God, the we were still dealing he did with get, this, like, can't even win a game. He did get the one win yeah. in 2020. Then they lost to uh, Buffalo, I believe. I believe it was. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's much needed for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they lost to Buffalo 17-3 to after they beat. Who did they beat? Where's my memory? They have got all the, like, all the monkeys the Titans you know, on their backs that they had in terms of can't win a playoff game, can't beat the Chiefs, like all those sort of things that were being held up. They've at least gotten one game that's rid them of that, so we can't you know, hold that narrative over them. Uh, but you know that's gonna, it's going to pop up. If the Ravens are sure. the number one seed and if they, they blow it again, if, you know, if Kansas City comes into town or if they don't even make it to play the Chiefs and the Mahomes, Mahomes has never played a road playoff game, 
And so it's on the Ravens, you know, potentially. If they lose, then, you know, Mahomes plays at home again. I mean, there's there's a lot coming around playoff time, and you know, a lot of it depends on Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, good gift, Santa. Thank you. Santa's next gift from his sack is a giant run-stuffing defensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys to stop what happened against Buffalo happening again because <laughs> that that ruins them, right? If they find if they run up against a team that even isn't like a known running team, like it's not like Buffalo has this dominant ground game. They're like, oh no, if we if we hit the Bills, we're dead. They just found a team that wasn't going to let their pass rush be a factor, and they got run all over. And generally, run defense has been the Achilles heel of this team for a couple of years. They, they have brought in players to address that. They've also gotten better in that regard. But this game showed, showed I think, that it's still a weakness, and it's still the biggest weakness on a team that otherwise has looked potentially dominant. And I kind of wonder... Are you forgetting about Jonathan Hankins? I'm not forgetting about who him. Who missed that game. Yeah, I just think that they need more help in addition to that. Like, And I, I wonder, we saw last year, last year, right? Philadelphia brought in Linval Joseph and his 900 pounds to just, just solidify it for a little bit, you know? Give Jordan Davis a break, that kind of thing. I kind of wonder if Dallas would be in the market for something like that. Like, who is the largest immobile lump we can think of that's currently sitting on the couch? Bring him in. Give him a roster spot, give him 20 snaps a game, and let's just let's just shore things up. We're more than halfway through the NFL season. DraftKings Sportsbook still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just five bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Bet on anything, five bucks. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener, a sweetener offer every single game this October. You can get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code PFF. So you can go check out Monday Night Football tonight. You got Niners. You got the Vikings. You can go do it right now. If you're a new customer, you can bet just $5 on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Aunt. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.com. Sorry, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. I mean, they have Hank. It, it, Hankins is interesting because the PFF grading is not great for him, but the on-off splits right. over the last two years are massive. And, you know, like our friend uh, Nate Tice from The Athletic, they, you know, he's a big believer in Hankins and those on-off splits. Like, mm-hmm. he's a big believer in that and the the old adage of, you know, taking two blockers. And I, I honestly, he he's only played be, 140, 150 run defense snaps this right. year. He seems to be quite a big believer in on-off splits generally, Nate. Well, I think I think a lot of times with analysis, it's available. I'm sure some of them are legit. A lot of it's availability, right? So the athletic is connected with um, whatever data sources they have. And the data sources that they have have made it easy to look at on-off splits. Um, at PFF, as a product manager mm. over here, we haven't done a great job of being able to find on-off splits. Had I done a better job of doing that and making that available to you and to our 
customers, then you think I would be a big fan of. We might be bigger fans of it. I mean, it's worth investigating stuff, but I think a lot of it might be noisy. I think the Hankins thing's interesting because I want to go back and look at the specific plays and where that where that is. But clearly, I mean, the Cowboys. It's not just that. It's because they're they, they have uh, Marquise Bell playing linebacker as a two hundred. He's two hundred five pound safety. Sure playing linebacker so like those things are yeah i mean leighton van der esch is now leighton van der esch's spot is now taken up by a much smaller not as good player like that's yeah. a thing as well I, I i just think that the single biggest fix they could make is no it's a good gift the, the interesting thing too with this whole story though is they they, they drafted mozzie smith who for that reason right, who hasn't done that job and he was he was rough in the preseason anchoring against double teams right right and and there is something to just anchor against the double team just don't let them create movement just don't let them get to the linebackers mozzie smith not great at that mm -hmm. yeah i mean so, i, I, just, I gift, think Sam. they have improved in that area i just think that they could still stand to improve more and that at the moment is still their achilles heel so big linval is essentially what santa is gifting the uh, the dallas cowboys linval all yeah. right big linval joseph yep uh for the philadelphia eagles within the same division. Santa is gifting them the 2022 version of James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Oof. Big play Slay, yeah. as he uh, insists on being called. Or, or, or just Slay, like Prince. Or, you know? <laughs> Slay. It's just Slay. There's no Darius. Tariqo like was Darius. battling with that. I know. Last week. What's He's not? like, listen, we were in the meeting. He said, just call me Slay. Yeah. Like Sting. <laughs> just Sting. Just like Sting. It's not Mr. Sting. It's not, you know, James Sting. It's just Sting. Who's the most quintessential Sting? Is it the, is it the musical artist or the wrestler? I I was never a big WCW fan, so I was never a big Sting guy. So I would yeah. default to the police version of Sting. It's probably, for most people, that's probably it. For me, it's the the face painted, right. blonde haired Sting turned crow Sting. Either way, they both fit because they're both just Sting. Yeah. But he's going for Slay. Yes. Um, Either way, both those guys were playing at a Pro Bowl slash All Pro caliber level a year ago, and for less money. Uh, and this year, neither one of them is playing well. Bradbury just got wrecked uh, late in the game against Seattle. Was essentially the principal reason they lost that game. You know, above and beyond play calling and all those kinds of things. Like he was the guy that got victimized for that drive that that ended up losing the game for them. They need that version. They need last year's version to come back. And I understand it's not all them. You know, the linebackers aren't where they were supposed to be, aren't who they were supposed to be. The defensive line isn't as dominant as it was supposed to be. There's a lot of problems in Philadelphia right now, which is why they're on a three-game losing skid. Yeah, I think I think the moves that the, that the Eagles have made, because we spent so much time here last year uh, glowing about the move that they made to pick up James Bradbury for the 2022 season. Because, look, Bradbury's career is – is fascinating to watch, Sam. Remember, he was in Carolina for four years, and he would go up against Julio Jones a lot. He'd go up against Mike Evans a lot, right? That dude, had he was battle-tested. He went up against the Saints. He was battle-tested in that division. His grades would kind of fluctuate a little bit like uh, a lot of corners do. And then he goes to New York, has a good season, and then a bad season. And then after the bad season, the Eagles picked him up for pennies on the dollar. That was a great move. And it was, But then they paid him after that yeah so it's one of those things where it's like when you if you buy low and pay low and you get this good reward it's a great move and then they went and paid him coming into this off coming into the season and he's over 30 you know he's, he's it's, it's it's his 30 year old season and it's been the worst season of his career from a grading standpoint yeah he's also he's always had i mean 
we talk all the time about how cornerback is, you know, an incredibly volatile position year on year. The the grading, the performance is going to fluctuate wildly. Even in that uh, in the in that context, Bradbury has been a wildly inconsistent player for his entire career. Like he, of all corners, has been particularly prone to being either incredibly good or incredibly bad, and bounced all over the place in terms of performance. So, coming off his career year it probably should have been a red flag to be like, hey, is this actually going to happen again next year? Or, you know, if it was one, if he, if he was on a two-year deal, fair enough, right? Let's just keep him around. Cool. But when you knew you had to pay him big money to keep him around, you could question that. Those are the tough moves. If I was uh, consultant GM here, if I was in the seat, we should have done a GM segment. As I Alan thought about actually. it. I did yeah. think about it. Should have it. done yeah. something, especially with the green screen. Would be Oh, no. Green screen with Elf? God, that wouldn't have gone well. That wouldn't have yeah. gone well. That would just be my face yeah. floating, right? Which itself would have been funny. I, I think one of the tough moves as a GM, I think, you know, what the Ravens did this a couple years ago. Like, they, they franchised Matthew Judon, and I thought, hey, they'll let him walk, and then whatever it is. It's almost like you double down. After a great, like, high-value move, do you double down the next year? It's kind of what the Eagles did. They had a great high-value move with Bradbury, and then instead of finding the next great high-value move, a comparable move and letting Bradbury walk, they said, okay, we're going to pay him, and that's where it became – a little risky. So in one year, he went from kind of like a great deal to a not so great deal because of the way he's, he's performing this year. Mm -hmm. Trying to just bring some real analysis here to your uh, Christmas gifts here. Oh, so I like that's it. what I'm bringing to the table. Um, this one, oh, look, they've uh, they green screened you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look at that. That's what it would have looked like. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, that's pretty good. That's, that's not great. a bad outfit. I mean, you talk about Rob Lowe, man. This is. That's full. Uh, let me full turn brand. my head so I get like that. How do I get the NFL logo? Right on your on yeah, right on your head like on Rob Lowe. Yeah. Oh, they killed it now. That's a shame. There it is. Oh no, there it's back. There you go. Sit up, sit up, sit up higher. Oh, or go forward. Anyway, uh, I had one more that I didn't give them as a. There they're is. perfect. There's Rob Lowe oh, right back there. This way. Um, one more that I didn't give them to create as a graphic, and somebody mentioned this in the chat. I think it was Drew Forsyth, uh, and it's it's one we've been talking about all season long. You would gift the Detroit Lions a secondary pass rusher, right? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Anybody opposite or the Jags. Hutchinson. The you've, Jags as well, yeah. You've mentioned the Lions and the Jags as very similar in, in certain ways, and both of them have one very good pass rusher, Josh Allen for the Jags, Aiden Hutchinson for the Lions. Give me that second guy that's going to be productive. I wonder— Then you can make a little playoff run, both teams. Yeah. Um, he's done nothing this year uh, and, and not played that much, but Justin Houston just got cut loose from the Carolina Panthers um, last year. He played pretty well. Like, he brought 42 pressures a season ago, um, only brushed the passer 300 times, had a pass rushing grade over 75. He'd done that the year before as well. He's still just under 35, you know? Uh, like, I, I doubt your expectations wouldn't be high, right? He's played this season for Carolina. Uh, one, two, three, four, five of his games have pass rushing grades in the 50s and had one or fewer pressures. So I, I'm not sure he's going to do anything, but... As a kick the tires move, it's absolutely worth taking a swing at. Yeah, this is officially the lowest pass rushing grade of his career. But look, 2020, Justin Houston with the Colts looked like that was his worst. And he, and he came back last year for the Ravens, or for two years with the Ravens, 21 and 22, as a pretty productive player. I mean, he's aging the way I think a lot of edge rushers should, which is like barely play the run. Yeah. Just, you know, oh, yeah. just be a legit guy. pass rush specialist, a, a situational guy that's going to play four or 500 snaps a year. Um, yeah, absolutely kick the tires on Justin Houston. All right. They really need James Houston to be helped. They do, yeah. Yeah, that would have helped. Right. 
If they could combine James and Justin into one super edge. Well, that's what's fascinating about the Lions. I don't think it was a team-building failure uh, uh, because they had James Houston and how productive he was last year. Yeah. They had the uh, Aquaras. Oh, dude, sometimes like— And they had Charles like, Harris, who'd been trending in the right direction. It was like they had five—and and Josh Paschal. Yeah. Like, they had a lot of options. Sometimes, you know, that idea of, you know, you diversify your portfolio so that no one thing can kind of, you know, torpedo your your finances and ruin you, all that kind of thing. Like sometimes everything can just turn to crap, right? You can do a really good job of divesting and hitting every single area and making sure like all of these spots so that something is going to work out, right? Even if most of them fail, one guy is going to be good and you're, yeah. you're fine. The Lions kind of did that on the defensive line and Hutchinson is great. And then everything outside of Hutchinson didn't work out, right? And okay, Ellen McNeil is the other guy that would fit that, and James Houston as well, but he's like injury to James Houston. The Aquaras didn't work out. Pascal didn't work out. Like nothing that they've done at that position outside of that has worked out. So consequently, they're in trouble, but they don't, like they haven't, I, I, I think you're right. I don't think that indicates bad process. I think sometimes you can have good process and still get crap results. 